Good morning, FGA Melbourne. It's so wonderful to be with you on this kickstart um, grand final weekend. Uh, I'm so excited that you're launching your new series and I really wanna thank uh, Pastor Chris and Mayen and the whole team at FGA for inviting me to speak this morning. And uh, I really miss all of you, Pastor Roland and Evelyn, Uncle Alan and Sally, Auntie Peggy and Uncle Meng. Uh, happy birthday for a few weeks ago, Uncle Meng. And um, do you know, I know you guys are still in lockdown. We are relatively free. We are having our big kids Super Sunday weekend where we're, we've invited all our kids back for an incredible Sunday morning because they haven't been able to meet as a Sunday school due to our, our limited COVID restrictions. We are still applying the four square meter uh, rule where we can only have about 130 in our you know, normally 500 seater auditorium. So it's been a challenge for us, but certainly what you guys are experiencing in Melbourne is a whole nother level. And because it's a kickstart weekend, I think you need to boot a certain premier out of the state, uh, out of power, all right? So, but I just want to encourage you this morning. And um, I remember the words of the great worship leader, uh, Raja Siao, who said, this season too shall pass. Um, he's taught us many things over the years. For example, never pay full price. So that's become one of our mantras in our church, especially our accounting department. And yeah, anything we spend, we quote Roger Sia and say, never pay full price. Ask for a discount. Yes. So thanks, Roger. Miss you guys too. So this year has been a bit of a crazy year. And I think nowadays, if you have a little crazy day, you're having a bad day, you can just say, well, he or she is having a 2020 day. And um, I really want to thank, and I think we should all thank your pastors, Pastor Chris and the whole team at FGA. I think they are doing a wonderful, absolutely wonderful job uh, running and leading the church during your lockdown. Um, Pastor Chris uh, and, and the whole team, you have done a remarkable job, a remarkable uh, feat, I think, servicing and looking after the whole congregation. And I also want to thank everybody at FGA, you know, for your support of the leadership team. And um, thank you for loving one another, reaching out to one another, even though it may be online, and supporting one another and encouraging one another through this crazy ride that we've been calling 2020. Now, in our church, you know, it's been a bit of a roller coaster as well. We had, you know, one of our aunties who's in her late 70s. She contracted COVID on the way back from uh, Singapore, and it was amazing. This was in early March that, you know, praise God, she's such a woman of faith. She prayed every day and believed, and, you know, the, the symptoms were relatively minor for her, and she recovered uh, in, in about five weeks. Um, but for some, this year has also been so challenging because they've experienced uh, death and loss, and um, it's been very challenging for some of our church members who've lost family members in America, in the Philippines, and I've lost some friends as well overseas in Africa and other places. So I really believe that our nation, Australia, um, although many of these terrible things have happened around the world um, and many have experienced incredible pain in this season, I think our nation by and large has uh, relatively been spared a lot of the pain that the other parts of the world uh, have experienced. And I'd like to think that it's due to 
uh, the prayer that is going on, and I think it is also God's hand upon our nation. I really believe that Australia is called to be a Joseph nation, uh, a sheep nation that will bless other nations. So we are blessed to be a blessing. So I think, you know, as we approach this entire season, um, you know, who would have guessed it? And I think it, the big question for us to answer as we come to this kickstart weekend um, is this season that we're in a disruption or is it really a recalibration? I actually think it's the latter. It's time for us to recalibrate thing, uh, things. And I believe God is willing to recalibrate us and bring us back into alignment with Him. So I really believe that this season, this year, in fact, is a new season and God is giving us an opportunity to kickstart our lives and this next season on the right footing. I believe, church, we're in for a great time. I believe revival is here. The seeds of it are definitely here. And um, the church is praying. And I'm so glad you're starting this morning, kickstarting this series with prayer and fasting after the service. And um, I'll be joining you. So, um, you know, so to be honest, uh, in this season, uh, as a visionary, as, as pastors of a church, um, you know, it's, it's quite challenging for us because somebody once, you know, described this pandemic, it's like somebody driving down a freeway at, you know, 120 kilometers uh, an hour uh, on a dark night with only your parking lights on, you know, <laughs> You, you can barely see in front of you. And, um, you know, long-term strategic planning uh, has been a challenge because our long-term planning for some of us may only be take us to the end of next week. And, but praise God, I want to tell you that, you know, in, in, in ICC, um, God has brought us back to the fundamentals. And um, even this year in July, we were able to stick to our plan and able to plant a new campus on Brisbane Southside in Runcorn, uh, and praise the Lord that because of the COVID restrictions, we're already full, right? We've already hit our, our 100 person capacity and there's no room for the kids already. So we're looking to expand. Um, and I really wanna encourage you, FGA, that as you come out of your lockdown, and I believe you will eventually, if not, we'll have to lead a revolution. But as you come out, hold to the prophetic vision that God has given to your church. I remember a few years ago, I was down there and I had a dream and I saw a three-level uh, building being uh, filled. And I believe that uh, FGA, you are, as you come out of lockdown, you're going to go into uh, more than two services, right? Your church is going to be filled. I, I pray that you'll have three services on a weekend, um, you know, within the next few years because people are going to uh, really come out uh, like being, you know, the Bible talks about calves being let out of the stall and they're going to jump out and leap out. So um, this morning, I really want to talk to us about uh, this season. But, um, you know, uh, there's this story uh, about Vice Admiral James Stockdale. I'm not sure whether you've heard about this, but um, I want to encourage you. You will come out of lockdown. But um, some of you know Jim Collins, management uh, guru, and he he um, interviewed Vice Admiral James Stockdale, who fought in the Vietnam War. And in fact, he was the highest ranking officer in the US 
military to be captured during the Vietnam War. Um, his Skyhawk plane was shot down, I think, in um, 19, around 1960-65. And um, he was put in a prisoner of war camp in um, Vietnam, where he, sp he spent eight years in this prisoner of war camp. And, you know, he in endured incredible torture. Uh, he even cut his own scalp, disfigured himself, beat himself with a chair, uh, cut his own wrist, broke uh, his legs twice so that he couldn't be used uh, for propaganda by the North Vietnamese. And during his eight years uh, as a prisoner of war, um, Jim Collins, who was interviewing him, asked him about his coping strategies during such a difficult period in the prisoner of war camp. And Collins asked um, Stockdale, he said, why didn't you know, the other American US prisoners make it out of the prisoner of war camp? And Stockdale's reply was a classic. He said, oh, that's easy. And say, who didn't make it out? It was the optimists, okay? And he said, they were the ones who said, we're gonna be out by Christmas. And Christmas would come and Christmas would go. Then they'd say, ah, we're gonna be out by Easter. And Easter would come and Easter would go. And then Thanksgiving, and then it would be Christmas again. And he says, and they died of a broken heart. This is a very important lesson. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. And Collins called this the Stockdale paradox, that we've got to take a hard look. We need the discipline to confront the brutal facts of our current reality and not just, you know, uh, say, oh, you know, this is going to happen. That's I believe there are many challenges that even as we come out of this lockdown, uh, as we move into 2021, they're going to be new challenges. They're going to face the church. So I, I just want to encourage all of us. I want to give us hope. And um, FGA, I wish I could, you know, give you guys a big hug, but I, I can't. But the best I can do at the moment, we're going to pray for you. But um, I, I just want to encourage you if, you, if you enjoy listening to music, listen to Corey Asbury. Corey Asbury. He's got a new album, To Love a Fool. And I want you just to listen to that album. There's a concert on YouTube as well. Um, and it will be the music and all the songs are just so comforting and you'll experience the love of God, right? So I encourage you to listen to that because I believe the Holy Spirit is going to minister to to you guys as well. If you're feeling frustrated, listen to that. And if you're more of a Netflix person, there's a, there's a new uh, show that came out, uh, movie, Paul, the Apostle of Christ. It's not quite your typical Hollywood movie. In fact, it's a little bit slow, but at the end, I found myself just in tears, listening to the words of the Apostle Paul um, as he spent his last few years in prison. And eventually he was led to his execution where he was beheaded because of his faith in Jesus Christ. And this morning, I think, um, you know, it is a time of vision, re-envisioning. I think it's time for us uh, not only to embrace the vision that we have, but, you know, we may have questions today uh, why these things are happening. And we may have more in questions than answers at this stage. But I believe that as we dive deeper into God's Word, as we wrestle with some of the kingdom principles, you know, I believe the Holy Spirit is 
putting things onto our hearts, into our hearts, and upon each church. And, you know, we need to re-envision, we need to uh, restart uh, this year, this our lives in Christ. And many of us are asking, what is the Lord calling us back to? If we're going to kickstart something, what is the vision for His church? And um, a Christian ethicist, Richard Niebuhr, who taught at Yale Divinity School in the U.S., he said, great revolutions in Christianity don't come by discovering something new, but recovering what's been there all along. And uh, this morning, we wanted to rediscover Jesus's vision for the church. He said he would build the church. And if we listen to what he said in Matthew's gospel, uh, in chapter 18, he said, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, uh, my church, the gates of hell, will not overcome the church. Um, when we get to the end of Matthew's gospel, uh, in Matthew 28, verse 19, Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He said, all authority has been given unto me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, teach these disciples um, everything that I've taught you. So here's a question. Are we committed to making disciples? And he said, he will build his church. You see, I believe this is Jesus's pattern for us. We are to make disciples. He will build his church. So what if the vision for the church has never changed? You know, we're Pentecostals, and um, uh, I believe in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I believe a great revival is coming upon the earth. And we love to preach on Acts chapter 2, the power of the Holy Spirit, miracles, signs and wonders, healings. And we love to talk about this. And, um, you know, we talk about uh, the mighty rushing wind, this incredible sound that came from heaven. And I, I, I want to share more about that uh, with you uh, another time, because I believe it's, it's such a powerful thing that God is pouring out upon the church. And we see the disciples were filled in the upper room, and they spilled out onto the street. And um, do you know that there were only 120 in the upper room at the time? Um, where were the 500 all right, that saw Jesus during that period before he was, you know, after his resurrection and the time that he was taken up to heaven, where were the 500? Uh, you know, we see only 120 um, showing up for that prayer meeting in the upper room. And I hope this is an encouragement maybe to Pastor Chris and the leadership and the pastors, because sometimes not everybody turns up to the prayer meeting and it shouldn't be an excuse. But, you know, the Holy Spirit... Um, came upon the 120 uh, who were praying and waiting on the Holy Spirit, praying for the promise of the Father. So, you know, I want to encourage you, show up to the prayer meetings because, you know, we try and get people to come and pray, but out of the 500, only 120 came to, and I think this is uh, indicative of the church. Nothing has really changed in 2,000 years, but I want to tell you that, you know, even if only a quarter showed up, they they got together, they prayed, and the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. And I see that they were unified, they were in one accord, and they were praying and waiting upon God. So can I suggest to you today that, you know, two of the greatest obstacles to revival um, 
that we all want to see is number one, disunity and division in the church. Um, I know the, there's new seasons. I knew the, the, there's new generations. There's new styles of churches uh, emerging. And I want to encourage us, let's commit to still being family, that household of faith. Let's commit to still being one. You know, um, let's remember Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. And because there the, the Holy Spirit, God pours out the blessing. It's like that anointing oil that flows from the top and it cascades down the entire body. And God wants us to experience that refreshing blessing, that anointing uh, as that household of faith. And I believe that the second obstacle to revival really is to do with, it's to do with our hearts our attitudes towards things like spiritual disciplines that include prayer, that include reading God's Word. And I want to read to you this morning from Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. Acts 2, 42 to 47. And it says uh, this was the early church that was experiencing revival and it was, and it was growing so well. And it says, the disciples, the, the people of God, the Christians, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any who had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. I'll say that again, glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, I believe revival is coming and the seeds of it are already here. And we are about to move into an exciting uh, yet challenging season. But I believe this is the pattern that we need to see uh, and we can learn from in the early church. They were fully devoted. They were fully devoted to Christ, first of all. You know, their love for Him. And it's through the body of Christ, which is the church, that we can see this pattern of the early believers devoting themselves to this pattern. And it was identified by the, the apostle uh, Luke, the f physician. And um, this, is, I believe, is the vision that God has for his church. And I want us to be challenged with this scripture, um, whether we remain in lockdown or we're not in lockdown. This pattern is important for the church. So let's look at five components of the church that Jesus uh, has in mind. Number one, the people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Um, you know, this, this is really incredible. That it, It's so important that, you know, we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. What Pastor Chris, what Pastor Roland and the team are teaching because they are the spiritual oversight that God has put into our lives. And, you know, it's so important that um, God wants to speak a fresh word, almost like fresh bread, you know, from a, from a bakery. God wants to speak to us. And the Bible always says, you know, we need to have ears 
to listen, to really hear. We need to develop the eyes to see the vision, what God is speaking to us. And I really want to encourage us because, you know, Paul says that the church is established on the foundation, the teaching, the preaching, uh, the structure, the vision of the apostles and the prophets. And, you know, you are so blessed to have Pastor Chris and um, Pastor Roland and the whole team there who are apostolic. They are the fivefold uh, voices uh, that God has put in your church. And you'd be wise, you know, to listen to um, their teaching and really take it on. I know Pastor Roland has been doing a teaching on the early church fathers. And, um, you know, Pastor Chris has been talking about truth. And uh, I think a few weeks ago, I heard um, uh, Pastor Roland trying to sing that song, um, All You Need Is Love, bum, ba, da, ba, da. all you need is love, 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 love is all you need. Now that's how you sing it. So Uncle Roland, please stick to your preaching and teaching. All you need is love. Da, 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 da. All you need is love, love. Okay, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Uh, yes, uh, maybe refrain a little bit from the singing as you did, yes. But church, I want to encourage you. Let's be uh, 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 people full of wisdom. You know, be wise in what you listen to. Paul says you can have many, many teachers, hundreds of teachers, and there's lots of teachings all over the internet and online and all sorts of forms. But Paul says, but you don't have many fathers. And, you know, one thing that I've been, we've been learning from FGA as a household of faith is that father's heart for the church, for the body of Christ. And I've been so blessed uh, to have not just teaching from your church. You know, over the years, we've had Pastor Chris come and he's taught us that cows eat grass, right? If you don't remember that sermon, you need to go back and ask him about that. Why do cows eat grass? We've had Roger coming in teaching us about, you know, this season too shall pass and never pay full price. Always, always ask for a discount. And Pastor Roland teaching us about the Father's heart. And, you know, you are so blessed with the apostolic, the prophetic mantle that's upon your church as well. But let's be wise, church. Um, you know, we don't need to be running around to all sorts of different teachers. And I'm not saying, you know, be legal, you know, don't be legalistic, right? But be wise as to what we listen to, who we listen to. Find out the background of the teacher. Find out about their church background as well, what they believe, because some may not have a charismatic, spirit-filled or Pentecostal perspective. And not saying we can't learn from those who don't have that, but if you've got someone who is a cessationist and doesn't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, I don't want them to be teaching me on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? I want to see practitioners who move in the power of the Holy Spirit, like Paul, you know, who laid his hands on handkerchiefs and they put the handkerchiefs on the sick and they were healed. And, you know, we have uh, evangelists. We have an evangelist in our church. Some of you might have seen him during Synergy, Pastor Alan Wills. You know, he's a grandfather, but a, a revivalist and evangelist who moves in signs of wonders. And, you know, we we had a, a, a young girl came into our church um, last year and she had lost her peripheral vision in her left eye because of a, a, an accident in a swimming pool. And she was so scared to even come into our, our church service that after the service, um, her parents brought her to me and asked for prayer. And when Pastor Allen laid his hands on her and we prayed for her, 
the Holy Spirit touched her instantly and her eyes opened and she just started crying tears of joy. The whole family was crying. Now, you know, I want to, to learn from practitioners like that who move in the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, as we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, I think maybe rather than running around to all sorts of teachers, why don't we get back to reading the Bible, right? Why don't we get back to Bible study, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, Ask him, amen? We want the fresh word. So I encourage you to journal. I encourage you to study the Bible all different ways. And at ICC, um, before December comes, we want to read the, the first five books of the Bible. So we're encouraging that, uh, everyone to do that. So focus on the things that are worth devoting your lives to. And God's word is worth it. God's word is eternal. It's living, it's active, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. So I want you to, number one, return to the pattern, devote yourself to the apostles' teaching. Number two, the second thing that I see in this pattern is that people handed themselves over to fellowship. They were so eager, they devoted themselves to fellowship. And this fellowship occurred in two specific places the Bible talks about. Firstly, it occurred in the temple. And this uh, is our modern day like Sunday service, all right? Our church service. And let me tell you something about the temple. The church is meant to be the house of prayer for all nations. It's meant to be a portal where, you know, that takes us into the heavenly things. We pray, Father on earth, uh, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jacob, you know, had the revelation that when he went to Bethel, the house of God, he saw angels ascending and descending. And he woke up and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the gateway to heaven. It's a portal to, 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 to what God wants, to his very presence right, where God will pour out his promises, God will release angelic visitation and, you know, supernatural things begin to happen uh, in the, the corporate gathering as the church. And I believe corporate gatherings, this is why corporate gatherings are still important for God's people, especially now during uh, a pandemic. So whether you are in lockdown or you're not in strict lockdown like us in Queensland, it is so important to come together. You know, I've spoken to different pastors of, of different churches of various sizes. And I've spoken to some pastors of mega churches in our city with, you know, 5,000, 6,000 people uh, on their database. And, you know, some uh, only 60, 70% have returned to church. Um, in some churches, only 30 and 40%, this is particularly overseas, 30, 40% have returned to church. You know, um, I know of one church where more than half of the creative arts team hasn't returned. And I think, you know, uh, uh, Raja has done a wonderful job, you know, with the whole and the whole creative arts team. You know, it's so important to keep serving, to keep worshiping the Lord. And um, I really want us to be people committed to the temple, be committed to the corporate gatherings. You know, um, uh, the, the word in Hebrews 10.25, Paul, uh, sorry, the writer of Hebrews tells us that, um, you know, people were, even 2,000 years ago, were placing less priority on gathering together. There were some that Hebrews 10.25 tells us. It says, let us not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some. 
right? I'm speaking to the some that are there. But it says, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. See, Jesus is coming back. And he says, let us not neglect meeting together. The key words here are meeting together, but I want to highlight this word habit because some have made a habit of not meeting together. And you know, uh, we, we know from uh, psychology that it takes 60 to 90 days, right, to develop a habit. Some say 40. Now, if you commit to something for that long, you can have a habit for life. Now, in Queensland, I think we were locked down for something like, I don't know, was it 15 to 19 Sundays? Now, you guys have been locked down even more. Uh, you know, I don't know how many Sundays you've been locked down in a row, haven't been able to meet. And, you know, you've had to look at the teaching and the, and the online services. And we can get so used to just watching church rather than being the church um, and being that community of worshiping believers. And I'm concerned that some, some people, all right, if your name is some, I'm sorry, all right, but some people may be developing that habit. And it's a bad thing. You see, 2,000 years ago, they were already saying uh, some people were developing a habit of poor church attendance and gathering for corporate worship. And let me tell you something. I think it's an even bigger challenge today, right, with our busy schedules. Some of us are in lockdown, but you're still so busy, you know, doing this, doing that, buying things. You know, one of our guys who's a courier for, for Amazon, he delivers parcels. His business has more than doubled during this period because people are buying more things. We have another one of our members who works for, for Audi, a car company. And, you know, they, they've shot through their sales. He said, people coming out of lockdown in June, but even by the end of financial year, they had hit all their targets and exceeded their sales targets. So people are out buying things and we can get so busy, right? So let me tell you, please, let's focus on the gather together, meet together wherever and whenever possible. So I say wherever because the second place where the early Christians gathered was in houses, in the house church. And we've seen, you know, in, in nations like China, the house church begin to flourish. They worship, they study the word of God together. Uh, they pray, you know, um, it's so powerful. And do you know, uh, I, I don't know about you, but the church, you know, the early church in Rome, they would meet in burial sites called the catacombs, right? They would meet underground, almost in, in like caves and you know, they, they didn't stop praying, reading scripture, encouraging one another. And although they were unable to meet together in large groups, it did not stop the advancement of the gospel. They focused on making disciples and sharing with others, sharing the love of Christ. And, you know, I wonder whether we've maybe, you know, maybe not your church, but as the body of Christ, we haven't placed enough emphasis on our small groups, our home groups, our life groups. Uh, it's so important, you know, um, that we meet together in both the corporate and also the small connect life groups. Call them whatever you like. Um, but there has to be this emphasis um, on both. I think we've been too addicted to the Sunday services. So in some way, it's good as we look at kickstarting this next season, 
you know, maybe some of us have just been addicted to one day a week church. We've been addicted to the crowds, you know. We've been addicted to the atmospheres uh, that we have when we meet together. But discipleship is more than that, amen. And I'm sure you guys know that. But I just want to encourage you, you know, um, this was the place where they began to break bread. So that is the, 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 the third thing here is that they begin to break bread and do communion together to remember, you know, the sacrament. Remember what Jesus told us to do. He said, take, eat. Uh, this is my body broken for you. And he took the cup and you can do incredible teachings on that. But I would want to encourage you, start doing communion in your homes as husband and wife. Maybe gather the kids together, do communion together. Um, when you are let out of lockdown, you, maybe you won't be able to meet as the corporate church, but in our connect groups, do a communion, right? Every week, every opportunity you get, learn to forgive people, learn to let go of things, amen? And, and just bring the presence of God because Jesus is coming back. So uh, let's make the most of every opportunity uh, to celebrate that time of communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, it's even linked to healing. Uh, and I believe our souls can be healed as we learn to forgive, as we learn to become more like Christ. So I want to encourage the church, even if you can't meet together, you know, um, let's, let's continue to meet together uh, whenever, however we can. Uh, the fourth thing that they devoted themselves to was a particular kingdom culture, Right? And uh, it says here in Acts 2, it says that they worshiped the Lord. Everything was done with glad and sincere hearts. I want you to think about that. Luke records this and he says, their hearts were full of joy, gladness, and their hearts were sincere. They were full, joy was a dominant feature of that community. And you know, as um, Christian leaders, we, we love to talk about, you know, victorious things and wonderful praise reports. And I think those are so important to talk about those things. And, you know, um, that helps us uh, keep going and it motivates our joy uh, and it gives us a spring in our step. But I, I want to, I'm reminded of that verse, I think in Psalm 126 that says, you know, um, uh, tears, weeping comes before the harvest. And I think Sometimes, you know, you, we've heard that saying before, no pain, no gain. And I think it's captured in this verse, you know, that says that, you know, before the harvest, there's often a time of weeping. And for some of us, maybe this year has been an incredibly difficult year. And, um, you know, we have our stories of pain. And um, you can simply... You know, uh, we've gone through challenging seasons. For myself, we organized a big a citywide prayer meeting online in June. And a few weeks before that, I came under such uh, incredible spiritual attack. I thought I was actually having a heart attack. There was this, this, uh, this weight upon my chest. And uh, I went into, you know, to see my doctor. And I went into emergency and so on. And I did, uh, you know, all the different tests. Um, all the scans, you know, that they had to do when you think that it was a heart issue. And um, it was a spiritual attack. And it was a really, really challenging time. I thought, you know, I wouldn't see the church, wouldn't see my family, wouldn't see, you know, FGA and all, all, all you guys again. Um, 
I thought, oh dear, this, this could be it, you know? And um, so, we, you know, we've all gone through challenging periods. Maybe some of us have been held by fear. But let me tell you that from this time of weeping, a harvest will follow. The Bible says, don't give up in doing what is good, because at the right time, there'll be the right harvest that is coming. And I want to encourage you that, you know, the people here, they had glad and sincere hearts. And in the original language, this means they had a singleness of heart, a simplicity of heart. And I personally believe that in this current season of recalibration, as we kickstart, uh, you know, uh, our next season, it's not just a recalibration of our programs, our systems, but the major recalibration has to be of our heart. And we need to examine our heart, just like what I went through. You know, I believe God wants us to look at our heart. You know, the Bible talks about, and we've gone through a season at ICC where we, we had a, a series called Return to Me. And in Malachi, the Lord begins to examine the hearts of the people. They're going through the motions. They're tithing. They're, you know, worshiping, singing songs at the temple. But God says, your hearts aren't really in it. You know, you rob God through your tithes and offerings and so on. And God is looking at the heart. And then God says this, if you return to me, I will return to you. And, you know, that reminds me of like a, a romantic movie, right? But God is trying to woo his people. And one of the things in Malachi, it says that the Lord will come like a refiner's fire. A refiner's fire is, you know, the blacksmith who heats up and purifies silver. Um, they would heat up the, the silver till it's liquid. The impurities would rise to the top. And then the blacksmith would remove and scoop the impurities away. I believe that during this time, you know, I've gone through this period where not just with the physical concern about my heart, but spiritually, it's a time of repentance and coming back, realigning, recalibrating our heart. Maybe there's sin in our lives, you know, um, the, the, the thoughts, uh, impure thoughts or wrong thoughts, all sorts of, you know, fears or impurity or wrong attitudes can, um, develop in our heart and God wants to remove those things and I really believe God is putting a spotlight on all these things right maybe less activity so that we can recalibrate our heart so please take a deep breath with me and allow the allow yourself allow the spirit to search your heart because during this time you know um, maybe we need to forgive people um, God has been working in my life, in my relationship with my wife, you know, she's the, the, the lovely uh, uh, sociable person. And, you know, I've, during this time of COVID, I've, you know, the, I've allowed some of the fear to creep in and you can get really moody and, you know, I get angry and tense with the kids being at home. And, you know, some of us, we're going we're gonna to need a new and right spirit before God. And I believe it's time for us to let go. Let go of anger. Let go of hurt. Let go of unforgiveness. Let go of wrong attitudes. Let go of fear. Don't get caught up, you know, in, in the minor things. Some people arguing about wearing masks. Some people don't want to wear masks and they don't want to come back to church because, or oh, the church, we have to wear masks. Uh, you know, we had that. We actually took extra precaution um, above and beyond what the government regulations said, and we wore masks. But 
you know, the mass aren't the issue. For me, it's the heart. You know, I'm so happy to, to see my brothers and sisters again and people coming back to church. And although we're social distancing, sometimes I can't resist giving somebody a pat on the back, you know, an air high five and so on. And um, the Holy Spirit is bringing renewal to us, right? And let's lay aside the, the tension, the conflict, and recalibrate the heart because joy, God wants to fill our hearts with joy. And do you know, this is the time where, uh, as we wait upon the Lord, as we move into this time of prayer and fasting these next few days, let's examine our heart. And the fifth thing that the people devoted themselves to was prayer. You know, God plans great things for his people when we pray. He gets us to, to pray first before any major revival, right? It's been preceded by massive prayer, right? So, you know, we can preach and talk and sing about prayer. Uh, we can do seminars on prayer, but the new day has arrived upon us, church. And it's time for us to actually give ourselves to pray. Um, because this is the call of Scripture. This is the heart of the Father. He's calling us back into intimacy with Him. But also, He's raising up an army. Paul writes, you know, to, uh, I think it's the, 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 the Colossians. And he says to Epaphroditus, he says, He is my fellow brother, the family aspect, my fellow worker. We have to be about our Father's business. But then he says, my fellow soldier. God is raising up our churches as armies. And you know, a few uh, months ago, I joined the, the FGA prayer. And as I was praying, I really felt the Holy Spirit say, when the borders open, go down to Melbourne. Encourage the church in prayer. So if you will have me, uh, I'd love to come down and you know, bring, maybe bring a team. And you know, my wife, and I told my wife that, she said, well, that's definitely not you. That must have been from the Holy Spirit because you're so scared of COVID and traveling and all that sort of thing, right? So, uh, you know, let's not be scared of COVID, all right? I love what Pastor Sergio Scataglini, the Argentinian revivalist, he was speaking at our Synergy Conference. He said, look, if it's our time to go, then we go, right? But while we're still here, God knows the length of our days, amen? So let's trust the Lord. I'm not saying be foolish, run out, do stupid things, but yes, take the precautions, but the church will go on. The church, God's kingdom must go on. And I think at this time, it's so clear. Churches are rising up in prayer. From our, we started a, a, a battle cry online prayer where we, I think we had over 4,000, 5,000, you know, hits on Facebook and YouTube, and we got different church leaders and mega churches, Pastor Wayne Alcorn of the ACC churches, and even the Baptists joined us, Independents joined us. And just last Saturday, one of the regional mini battle cries started in the north region of Brisbane. We had over 100 people. We had politicians turn up. It was a small group, but it was open air. And we began to cry out, you know, to God for in repentance for this nation. So, Remember this incredible verse, Second uh, Chronicles 7.14. In fact, Second Chronicles 7.13, the last word speaks about a pandemic, a pestilence, all right? And he says, if my people, in verse 14, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. One of the greatest expressions of kingdom life in our church 
you know, is that this, this incredible uh, um, calling to prayer and fasting. And we need leaders who will lead by example. So I ask the leaders of your home groups, connect groups, ministries, let's be there at prayer. Amen. Um, we need pastors who don't just talk about prayer, but actually pray. And God is calling all his people to a wonderful, deep and new and fresh relationship with him where we can experience the waves of God's spirit that God wants to pour out upon the church. So in a few moments, we're going to go into the prayer meeting. And if I have a chance, I'll talk about the elemental prayer, earth, uh, wind, fire, and water, the four basic elements of prayer, right? It's not a new age thing. Don't worry. It's all from scripture, right? So we need to position ourselves. Fasting positions ourselves to experience what the early church experienced. And God has got more for us. So I believe he's calling all the churches, all of his people to go deeper before we go wider. Amen. We got to go deeper into the things of the spirit. And I want us to begin not just to pray our prayers. You see, you can pray carnal prayers from your own mind. Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. But the Bible says to pray. Ephesians 6 says, Pray in the Spirit. In other words, we've got to pray, and there's to be a release from the Holy Spirit who's dwelling inside of us. Amen? So I want you to begin to pray in tongues, pray in that heavenly language, because it's like plugging into the very stream of heaven, the flow of the Spirit, and God promises His fire, His water, the river of God will flow, and it will bring life everywhere it goes. Amen? So... Uh, FGA, um, uh, I want to encourage you. This morning, you know, we've talked about the devotion to the teaching, devotion to fellowship, devotion to um, communion, devotion to having that, that kingdom culture of having glad and sincere hearts filled with joy, and also finally to prayer. So I, I want to encourage you this morning that maybe it might be your first time here, uh, you know, online and visiting FGA. But one thing that we do here in Brisbane is we rededicate our lives to God every service, every Sunday. So I, I, I want to invite everybody who's watching right now, will you join me in this prayer? And I hope you pray it with all your heart, really mean it with, with everything that you are. So let's pray. Uh, Father God, I thank you for your sending your son. I thank you for your incredible love that you poured out upon the church and upon this world. You love this world so much. So Father, I just pray for all of us. And if you pray with me now, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, for my sins. I thank you that you love me so much. And today I want to uh, commit my life to you. And I want to follow you. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come into my life. Help me, Holy Spirit, to know Jesus more and more. Help me to become more like Jesus. And from this time, I want to follow you. I want to know you. I want to learn of your word. I want to recommit myself, you know, to fellowship. I want to recommit myself to kingdom culture. And I want to recommit myself to prayer. Help me to know you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Forgive me for all my sins. Help me to let go of all the sin, all those uh, things that displease 
a father's heart. Lord, please cleanse me, wash me, make me new again. Let this day be a day of recalibration, and I bring my heart to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, agreed with that prayer, uh, please contact uh, you know, Pastor Chris and the team at FGA. I know that we'd love to pray with you. And um, church, thank you so much for uh, uh, spending this time with me this morning. And um, I hope to see you on the Zoom prayer very shortly. God bless you. And thank you, everybody at FGA. God bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.